Hey there, my name is Jason Diba, and I have hijacked the Passion City Church podcast feed in order to introduce you to the Passion Podcast, which is an entirely separate podcast where I get up-close, behind-the-scene interviews with a bunch of amazing people. Now, rather than tell you any more than that, I'm just going to play you the episode where I sit down with Pastor Louis Giglio. And if you like it, then you can search for it, subscribe to it, and hear a bunch of other great episodes of the Passion Podcast. So, here we go. Back when he was a college student, Louis Giglio remembers working at a summer camp where he and some of the other young guys were assigned to protecting the campers from the wildlife. We are in snake-infested area with a baseball bat. You're like, why do you have a baseball bat? Because that's what we're going to use to kill the snake. So when you would see the snake, you would quickly identify it. You wouldn't yell or panic. You would just say, snake. And then you would kill the snake with a baseball bat. You would beat it until it was no longer a threat. And then you would grind the head down into the sand and hold it tight, snap the body back until you broke the head off of the snake. I know it sounds awful, and I'm not sure even while we're getting into all these gory details, you would bury the head in the sand, cover it up, and for whatever crazy reason, you would carry the body of the snake on into the hunt. I don't know why we did that. I don't know why to this day I'm like, why didn't we just get a big trash can and put it out there and put the bodies in the trash can? Maybe it was we wanted to be macho and walk around with a snake in our hand. But once you had two or three snakes in your hand, here's what a snake does with even without a head. It still curls up your arm. Yeah. So we're walking around in shorts, in tennis shoes, in a snake-infested area with snake bodies crawling up our arms looking for the next snake. And I wanted us to understand a big idea today, and it's this, that a snake could be dead but still deadly. And like, why did you go through all those steps? Why did you crush the head? Then why did you bury the head? And then why did you sever the head? Why didn't you just kill the snake? Because a snake's head detached, if it isn't crushed, can still injure you in a profound way. Case in point, if you were to cut the head off of a rattlesnake, that snake were to decompose and lie there for three or four weeks or a month, and you were to come back and to step on the fangs of that snake, there's still enough venom loaded in the fang that could be released by a spring action and still poison you a month after the snake had died. That's why when a snake is dead, you need to make sure the head is flattened and buried because it can still injure you or possibly even kill you even after it's dead. And that's one of the most amazing ideas that really rivets the truth of this book into our hearts. The enemy has been defeated. The enemy has been defeated. Jesus Christ has come onto this earth. He's given his life for the sins of the world. He's dead and buried, raised from the dead to defeat the power of the enemy, the power of darkness. Jesus himself has come to finish a work. But the reality you face and the reality I face is that even though Jesus has defeated the enemy, the enemy still has power to destroy our lives. If we make a misstep, we can put ourselves in danger of being injured by the deceptive power of the enemy. 
And so we want to ask in this book, how can we step into the power of what Christ has accomplished for us? And if there is a giant in your life today that is demoralizing you and stealing God's glory from your life, then it is God's heartbeat that that giant go down and you begin to walk in the freedom that Christ has provided for you. Yeah, David and Goliath, one of the best-known metaphors for the underdog in all of the world, in sports and business and relationships and finance. Everybody knows the story of David and Goliath. And if you're like me, you grew up in church, you've heard this story, been taught this story since vacation Bible school. So why come back to it? Well, I think for me, the big reason is that it's in the Word of God, and we know that the Word of God is living and active. Mm -hmm. So that's why we keep coming back to all the stories again. <laughs> why come back to the story of Easter again this year? We yeah. did that last year. <laughs> uh, why come back to the story of the resurrection of Jesus? Because the Word of God is living and active, and as believers and, and even unbelievers, as we come to the pages, the pages are always fresh. They're always breathing something new into yeah. our lives. So that's A. The B reason, Jason, is because I think one of the great privileges of being a pastor is mm-hmm. being invited into people's pain. Mm. So when you are in a role of, of, of pastor, you're up against it with people. And when you're there, you realize giants are very much still a part of the story. Wow. They are in our lives. Mm-hmm. Their foot is on our throat today. And they are sucking the life out of God's purposes for us, demoralizing us. But at the same time, they're stealing away the fame of God in our lives and in our story. Yeah. So for me to come back to this story, to open it again, let the Spirit of God bring it to life again, was to really help people come up against what they're facing in life. And uh, we have a little twist in the story which I hope uh, really delivers people and frees people mm-hmm. into the ultimate power that's available to us. So why the title uh, Goliath Must Fall? Because I, I remember the first time I saw that, I thought, well, that's a bit strange. I would have thought Goliath will fall or that Goliath did fall. Exactly. So what do you, what do you mean by saying Goliath must fall? Yeah, so we actually take a, a few pages in the book and, and explain this a little bit broader. But one of my close friends said, man, I, I don't know about the title to this series. We were doing it at church and he says, I just don't think I get it. Everybody knows Goliath has fallen. Yeah. And I said, this is true, but the power of the enemy is such that a defeated enemy, which we all, us in the company of faith in Christ, believers would say amen along with the podcast today, he is a defeated enemy. Mm -hmm. Christ is a victor. Yeah. But yet we all know that he still has power, this enemy. And though defeated, he still has power. Though defeated, he still is a formidable foe. Yeah. And so, yes, 
Goliath is dead, Mm -hmm. to take the metaphor of Jesus. Jesus did kill all the giants. He did finish the work. He took the power out of sin. Yeah. And he emptied the grave, and he broke every chain. But everyone listening to this podcast right now would nod along and say, but I still got some stuff. That's exactly right. I still got some stuff. And it is not as easy as preach a real hypey message, and I'll shout amen and be standing on my chair at the end, and then I'll be free. Mm -hmm. I've done that before and still gone home in bondage to the sin, in bondage to the depression, in bondage to the anger, in bondage to whatever it is that's got a grip on me. So Goliath has fallen, true story. The giants are defeated, absolutely, in the name of Jesus, but yet there is still a work to be realized, if you will, mm-hmm. in our lives. And the must is a is a defiant word, Jason, because what we're saying in that sentence that we mentioned earlier, it's not just our freedom that's at stake, mm-hmm. it's God's glory that's at stake. Yeah. And that's why Goliath must fall, so that Jesus can get the glory in our lives as being greater than whatever it is that has us down. Yeah. One of the things uh, in looking at a book like this, which is dealing with these struggles, these giants, the fear, rejection, addiction, anger, comfort, um, I would think in in most books that are dealing with those issues that they would fall under uh, self-help or maybe mustering up the courage or, or something like that. And yet in the first chapter of the book, I remember reading that you say this is a book about worship. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, a um, just a it's a great question. You know, self help is not it's not uh, congruent with the <laughs> Christian life. <laughs> if there was such a, an aisle as the self help aisle, there wouldn't be the aisle right behind it at the bookstore called Christian theology. Yeah, because we would have just helped our way right up to heaven and helped our way <laughs> right up to a better life and helped yeah. our way up to forgiveness and helped our way yeah. up to freedom. So really, being dead in sin is a problem, and it's a problem we can't solve on our own. And the reason why we say this is a book about worship is because ultimately this book points to Jesus. And when I say there's a a left hook in the book that a lot of people didn't see coming, it's this, and I hate to reveal it on on our podcast today, but hey, you're getting extra for your money today, people. It's it's this, that I'm not David in the story of David and Goliath. Yeah, See, that's wow. the self-help aisle for me. Mm-hmm. So let me teach you in my, my new book on David and Goliath how to get your five stones and um, improve your slingshot accuracy yeah. and how to build up your courage and how to run into your valley and how to take down everything that's fighting against you. I feel like that's what I grew up hearing. <laughs> I we was, all did. Yeah. Listen, it's the easiest message to preach of all the messages you can preach other than Easter. And I remember being at a middle school weekend, guys on stage, he's preaching David and Goliath. He points right at me. I know he's pointing at me. <laughs> and he says, if this little teenage boy can take down a nine and a half foot yeah. undefeated giant from Gath, you can take down every giant in your life. It was as if someone set my hair on fire. Yeah. We went out of that meeting that night. We scoured the campground. We found five rocks. There were no smooth stones where we were. But we got five rocks, and we brought them back the next night, no kidding, to the service the next night (laughs) to say, God, we got our rocks, and we're ready to go. (laughs) But what I ask when I teach this message a lot is, how many of you were there? And everybody's kind of, you know, winking or nodding Mm -hmm. along. Like, I, I remember that talk in high school or middle school or wherever it was. 
And then I say, that's when we were 13 or 15 or 17, but here we are now, 43, 47, 58. Mm-hmm. A lot of the same giants are standing in our story today as we're standing in our story at that middle school weekend. So the message can't be, if you can muster up, hulk up, bulk up, you can do this. I think the message is, if, if we're, by the grace of God, able to wake up and look up, we'll see that there's someone standing in the story who has the power to do what we can't do. So David isn't me in this story, and I am not David. David is Jesus, yeah. <laughs> and Jesus is David. And so I now read the story not as, look what I can do, but I read the story as, look what God can do. And if someone pushes back on that and says, wait a minute, God's empowering us by the Holy Spirit and through the life of Christ within us to do great things for him, I absolutely, I agree with that. Yeah. But David didn't even think David was David in the story of David and mm-hmm. Goliath. He said, your servant is going to go out and kill this giant. Saul yeah. says, no way. He says, I've killed a lion and I've killed a bear. When it came and took a sheep, I turned, I struck it. I took the sheep from its mouth. I grabbed it by the hair. I killed it. And then he says, and I did that to a bear. And then here's the, here is the phrase I believe that unlocks this entire story in Scripture. He says, and the same spirit that delivered me from the paw of the lion and the bear will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine giant. David was saying, it's not David who's going to take down Goliath. It's that spirit of the Lord in and on David that's going to take down Goliath. So I just take joy in knowing that Jesus is the hero of this story, not me. And that leads me to lift my eyes up to him, and that unlocks worship, and that is all about his glory in the end. If you've not gotten a copy of Goliath Must Fall, it's available now in English and Spanish, as well as an audiobook version. When we come back, Louis Giglio calls out one giant that he's been facing for six decades. This is the Passion Podcast. Stay with us. Hey, it's Melody Malone. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to find out more about Passion, then make sure to download the Passion Movement app. You can hear the latest talks, latest music, and all the details about various gatherings and events that are hosted by Passion. It's free to download for both Apple and Android devices, so make sure to download the Passion Movement app. I'd forgotten that Goliath Must Fall was originally a sermon series here at Passion City Church. Great series. <laughs> Such an impactor. <laughs> But it was a Such series. Such a life marker. And then uh, a book, and then it came out in Spanish. And then there's actually a DVD study that's really awesome for, like, groups. But then also um, this little thing came out called Putting an X Through Anxiety. And that itself generated lots of stories of people being impacted by that. What was that? You know, my story is a story about anxiety. Everybody doesn't have that giant, but I'm discovering that as I talk about it, a lot more people than you would think do. And so that is a giant that I really know up close. That giant took me out, and I still struggle with it. I mean, I'm not 1,000% over the hurdle from dealing with anxiety and depression. And so those are still things in my story every day, and I wanted to reach out and help people, and the book was coming out. And I have to be really candid. If I can just be transparent, 
you know, selling things isn't easy. Hmm. And I do understand that it takes energy and resources to do things. Yeah. So to, if you want to come to Passion, you got to buy a ticket. But that's not because <laughs> yeah. we're trying to get rich. Yeah. That's because football stadiums are expensive. <laughs> Just a little bit. And uh, and so when you write a book, you pour your guts into that book. You you wring out your heart and soul onto the pages. Yeah. But then somebody has to pay ten ninety nine to get it. Mm-hmm. And that is complicated if you're me, mm-hmm. to go out and say, hey, I've got a new book, I've got a new book. I loved being able, Jason, to write a seven-day devotional for people specifically around anxiety. Yeah. And we did it as a, a devotional campaign. You'd sign up for it. In fact, you can still sign up for it. If you signed up today, you'd get the first email tomorrow. I wrote it all myself, sitting at my computer, just heart to heart. And it is an encouragement to people in very practical ways about how to face up to their anxiety. And tens of thousands of people jumped on that train right even before the book came out. Yeah. And I loved it because I could go to people and say, yes, there's a book, but if you, if you can't afford the book, uh, I'll give you a book. But if I can't get to you and give you a book, you can get something for free. Yeah. And uh, so that's where putting an X through anxiety fell into the story. It really kind of lifts up a part of Goliath Must Fall and just opens it up in a, in a little more robust way. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. For those who haven't gotten this resource, I would highly, highly recommend it. It's, um, it's a quick read. You mentioned it's a seven-day devotional, although you, you also openly admit that it might take more than seven days to see past our giants. Well, you know, I think anybody struggling with any giant, I mean, we talk about addiction in the book. We, if somebody's struggling with an addiction, they know there's not going to be a one and done. Hmm. There's going to be a process. Yeah. And I say it this way to people, about as long as it takes you to get into something is about how long it's going to take you to get out of it. Mm. And I've been spending uh, 59 years of my life right now getting into anxiety. I grew up in a very anxious home with parents that I believe had giants of anxiety and depression in their lives. And I come by it naturally because I'm flawed, but I come by it familially because of my mom and dad. My dad was a gold medal, Olympic gold medal uh, warrior. And so (laughs) we come by it naturally where I came from. So no, it's not going to be a one and done, but it's going to be hope, and it's going to be practical, and it's going to breathe that kind of practicality into people's lives. I talk about, you know, some of this is right in front of us. We just have to take hold of it. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus says, I want to be your shepherd, Psalm 23, best known passage of scripture, probably ever somebody say John 3, 16, I, I would argue with that. I mean, every movie has a, a, that has a funeral in it has Psalm 23 <laughs> in it, no matter exactly right. what movie it is. Yeah. And that that is a promise passage. Yeah. And he says to us, um, I'm with you. So even though you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be there with you. And I have a rod and a staff, and that should comfort you. Mm-hmm. You, will, you will be hard-pressed to go through America and find a person today who tells you, the way I'm getting through today is my shepherd's rod and staff. <laughs> I have never heard anyone say that because mm-hmm. they don't know what that means. Yeah. And the staff is the little crooked stick that we all get. Mary had a little lamb. Yeah. That ain't going to help anybody. But it's not supposed to. That's a little guide. Mm-hmm. Come this way, don't go that way. The rod, on the other hand, we never hear about it. And the rod is an offensive weapon. 
It is a fierce weapon. It is what a shepherd uses to beat the ever-living daylights out of whatever threatens one of the sheep. Yeah. And that shepherd is good at it. And, that, and David, running into the valley, he didn't just have a slingshot. He had the rod in the other hand. Yeah. He intended to knock this giant down with a rock and beat him to death with mm-hmm. that stick. And so if I've got a shepherd yeah. today who is bigger than nine and a half feet tall, he actually created the universe, mm-hmm. and he's got a rod in his hand, and with it he intends to protect his sheep, which I am one of. Mm-hmm. Then it changes things for me when I'm interacting with Jesus at the end of the day today or at the beginning of the day tomorrow, and I see him as a defender, and I say to him regularly in my life, Jesus, I am stressed. I am pressed right now. I am anxious right now. I'm, I'm maybe borderline needing like assistance right now because my heart rate is up. My blood pressure is up. I feel this thing creeping back up my throat right now. And so what I have to do, Jason, is I have to dig down under the anxiety. Anxiety is a symptom. Depression is a real condition. Anxiety is a symptom. Something's making me anxious. And I have to dig down. What is it? And guess what? It's almost always a who. (laughs) Who is it? It's him. (laughs) It's her. (laughs) It's what they're doing. It's what they're not doing, what they said. And I'll I'll say to Jesus, I need you to take this. So I'm going to give it to you because it is making me extremely anxious right now. And you said, cast your anxiety on me, for I care for you. And so I'm going to do that. I'm going to put it in your hands, and I'm going to trust that you got my back. And I'm going to try my best to to peacefully go to sleep tonight with that confidence tonight that you've got my back. And it's one thing that Larry has my back. Angela, she's got my back. It's like, come on, Angela's five foot six, and she weighs 141 pounds. Is that really what's going to let you sleep good tonight? No. What's going to let you sleep good tonight is that there is a shepherd of the sheep. And he has all power and authority, and he has a rod in his hand, and he's not just all gentle, meek, and mild. He will beat the ever-living daylights out of anything that comes against one of his sheep. And he's going to be standing at the end of my bed all night long, and he's going to be standing there when I wake up in the morning. That's the kind of practical truth that I believe uh, helps people, and that's what this little putting an extra anxiety is all about. If you'd like to get a free copy of Putting an X Through Anxiety, you can easily do that by going to louisgiglio.com. And again, if you want to get your hands on Goliath Must Fall, you can get that in bookstores, online, audible.com, iBooks, wherever books are sold. Today's episode of The Passion Podcast was produced by myself with engineering help from John Duke. If you want to know more about passion, then come check us out at 268generation.com or follow us on Instagram at passion268. And if you've ever wondered what is with all the 268 language at passion, well, maybe next time Louis Giglio joins us, he can explain that to us. If you're a fan of this podcast, you can help us get the word out by subscribing on iTunes or Apple Podcast or whatever it's called now and leaving us a review. You know, tell us what you like about it. And as always, thanks for listening to the Passion Podcast. <laughs>